Okay, Star Wars Episode 4. This is uh, the episode that kind of kicked off this whole delay on everything coming out. Uh, just kind of to give you guys an idea, the first couple times that I try, or that we've had to record this actual episode like twice before, and each time when I went to start editing, um, through a combination of my computer's memory being full and apparently, I guess, just straight up bad luck, um, ended up losing the entire, would end up losing the entire thing. The second time, managed to only lose the actual episode part, so you will, at the end of all of this, hear the questions <laughs> that, um, that we recorded for the second attempt. Which I, I guess, in a way, is kind of the more important part because, like, you guys are able to watch the movies. I don't know how many people actually do. We don't really talk about them a whole lot in our Discord. We're not always super active. Not that that's a good thing or a bad thing. That's just kind of how it is. So, uh, especially on this one, it's Star Wars Episode Four. It's been around since the '70s. I am kind of going to assume that y'all have probably seen it or seen enough things that reference it. That you know basically what happened. Um, Beer and Ash both, um, I believe, also recorded their own little monologues, kind of like this one. So I'm going to stick stitch all of those together for the recap part. Uh, so I guess that said, real quick, um, of course, just to sort of get it, uh, just to sort of go over the movie. Um, I mean, like I said, y'all know the basics. It's your basic hero's tale. Uh, um, Farm boy, space farm boy, ends up finding a couple of robots. Robots turn out to be incredibly important to the space resistance against the space empire because they're carrying plans for the space cannon. I think I've got myself into a corner on this. Anyway, um, Luke meets R2 and C-3PO. They're carrying, R2's carrying plans for the Death Star that the... Uh, Rebel Alliance needs so that they can try to destroy said Death Star. Uh, he meets an old man named Ben. Oh, turns out his name is actually Obi-Wan. He may or may not have known Luke's dad, who may or may not be dead. Things are unclear at this point. He starts to teach Luke uh, how to use space magic, a.k.a. the Force. And they also meet a guy called Han Solo, uh, who agrees to take them to the Rebels so that Obi-Wan can help out in some way. Uh, along the way, they get captured uh, when they find out that the planet Alderaan has been blown up by the giant space cannon that's being called the Death Star, because it's a star that causes death, you see. Even though it looks more like a moon, they should have called it the Death Moon. That's actually kind of a cool name. I'm going to hold on to that for something. Um, <laughs> anyway, aboard the Death Star, uh, Obi-Wan dies, but don't worry, they meet Leia, so they've gone down one old man and gained a woman which ultimately balances out. Um, I ended up bringing up in both of our recordings um, two different fun facts around this point. One is that Carrie Fisher, who plays Leia, was not allowed to wear a bra during filming because George Lucas told her there's no underwear in space. That is apparently a real thing that Carrie Fisher herself has said multiple times. <laughs> it's just fucking wild. So, yeah, not from now on, whenever you watch the movie, you get to watch it with that knowledge. The second thing is Bigger Luke Theory, uh, which is the, <laughs> frankly, insane idea 
that either a I love the I love this because there are two different explanations. The basic of it is that throughout the original trilogy, mostly in episode four, there are some scenes where Luke looks a little bit taller than he does in other scenes. This is almost entirely predicated on comparing him to Han Solo, and so there are some scenes where Luke looks taller than Han, and other scenes where he looks shorter than Han, and because, of course, this can't just come down to differences in set design and camera angles and shit like that. No. The explanation has to be... uh, There are two possibilities. Either A, (laughs) in-universe... There's a second Luke Skywalker that is slightly taller, and something is causing the two Lukes to swap out. Or I've also seen an explanation that out of universe, in our world, there's a second Mark Hamill <laughs> or a Mark Hamill lookalike that is slightly taller, and the two of them alternated scenes while they were filming. Y'all gotta look up the bigger Luke theory. I ended up going on a kind of a rant for a few minutes both times that we recorded. I'm very sad that we. Uh, losing that it's insane um <laughs> uh, so anyway they they meet leia obi-wan dies they hook up with the resistance um they're able to blow up the death star kicking off the whole franchise um so that is kind of going to do it for my recap i'll kick it over to either veer then ash or ash then veer uh whichever order these end up going in <laughs> i don't think it matters because each of us uh, have all recorded these separately uh, but then you'll actually get the question segment from the second time that we recorded the actual episode, and then that'll be it. Um, y'all have already noticed this, but I'm not going to do any intro and outro music for this one just because of how different this has ended up being compared to our usual recordings. Um, so, so yeah, sorry again. I've honestly been sort of putting off getting this one edited. Uh, for kind of a while, that's also part of the reason that this whole thing has taken so much longer, because I just mentally got <laughs> myself so beat up by the Star Wars episode that I was also reluctant to come back and just edit it at all, but I can't just, you know, not put anything out for it, so hopefully this still works. Um, but, yeah, uh, so I'll kick it over to the other two, and uh, as always, fuck Disney. Hey, it's Beer of He Hymns and the Chicken Duck Woman thing waiting for us in the Bushes of Love and our moment of triumph, Preposterous. Yes. Um. Oh. Well, since it's the third time of recording, and. Since, well. We're doing an easier method of us not losing it by just. Recording our opinions separately. Um, Star Wars good. It's, especially with New Hope, it's a very simple story. So it's basically able to do what it wants to do to introduce the audience to the setting and stuff. I'm pretty sure Steven and Ashley already gave, like, much better opinions as summaries. So... I'll just tackle for one thing that I kept on tackling in the earlier two. Which, for this, dear listener, find a coin or something small that you can hold between your index finger and your thumb, and you don't mind holding up to your face. Hey, Izzy. Now, 
want you to hold that object in between your thumb and finger, index finger, and hold it out as far as you can. Pretty small, right? Now bring that up as close to your eye as you feel comfortable to. Now, is that object bigger, or do you just have it closer to your face? If you say it is just closer to your face, good. Now you understand that no event in Star Wars A New Hope is not a giant hole in the Death Star. And I'm sure Ashley mentioned it in her section, since she mentioned it in the past record, the first recording, that it is basically a miracle that such a huge thing would only have one fatal flaw in its design. And it's just a hole slightly bigger than a person. Which, which is a fun fact about j fighter jets. Don't have good accuracy. It's usually a, at least for something so small as a person. It is multiple times in the movie where they bring up how small it is. And people might go, well that's telling, not showing. That's a rule for the fun for people who don't know how to tell rather than show. Because sometimes you can't show until you can, well it's problems. So, you, know, you sometimes just have to tell people what thing is until it shows up. But anyway, he just reminded another part that Stephen might have forgot in a if they recap the movie, there's right really a, a moment where all the rebel ace pilots see the see the plans and go that's an impossible shot. You need space magic for that. And if you watch the movie, you notice that it, only one person shows confidence in making that shot. The person with federal space magic, Luke Skywalker. But, yeah. yeah. So you land over, over, the, like, cinemas and nitpicks. It's, um, that's about it for this on my end, and so I guess depending on where Steven puts this in the order, it's either Ashley, Steven, or your questions, so I guess as for song Bushes of Love plays, he's see you in the questions. Bye! Hey, it's Ash. Um, I'm recording this because we lost the Star Wars episode for the second time. I wasn't actually on the second one, but I gave Steven my notes, and it is my understanding that they were used at some point during the episode. Uh, if y'all want them badly enough, I can, like, drop the notes in the show notes or something. But, like, the original Star Wars is a great movie. If it wasn't, it wouldn't have spawned a... Uh, nine movie main series and approximately infinity spin-offs and like mostly the Star Wars franchise is good. A New Hope sci-fi pioneer. It's shorter than I expected to be perfectly honest.
But I think that works to its benefit, generally speaking. And I think if it was much longer, it wouldn't have been as good. It, I think it establishes a lot of things that we take for granted nowadays about science fiction. The opening crawl does such a good job of setting the stakes and what exactly is going on in this science fiction world. And I think if it was made today, it would be kind of boring and, like, formulaic. But it's a product of its context, and its context was a time with less good sci-fi. And that's my thoughts on Star Wars and A Hope. Join us next time for either uh, Star Wars 5, I legit forgot the name. I really hope we get to do Backstroke of the West at some point, because it uh, combines an actually pretty good Star Wars movie uh, with one of my favorite things, which is human translation from other languages that's just a little bit botched, but you can kind of see how it got that way. Anyway, see y'all on questions. Peace. We're back yes. from across the cut. It's questions time. We asked yeah, you for your questions. You gave us your questions, and now we're going to record us answering those questions. Will there be, uh, a, will there be a chicken duck woman thing raining us in these bushes of love? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Aurora asks, "What kind of droid would you be, Astromech? I love ro- I love being a small little robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to I want to be a small little robot that just beep boops and drives a spaceship." I would love right? to drive a spaceship. Spaceships are cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they're called, but those droids that's like that's in episode three that's like Jill and Grievous bodyguards, the ones with the capes and the um kind of like shark kings that look like double bladed lightsabers. So like a bodyguard droid. Um I don't I'm not think sure they're sure offhand if those are droids. Those might be guys. I think I'm pretty sure they are droids. Okay. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, yeah, the thing with the uh, bad guys in the prequel shows, he said, if there's bodyguards, the bodyguards would be droids. Hmm. Oh, yeah, they're the IG-100 Magna Guard. Yeah. I see. Yeah. I just think they're neat. I was also, they have a cape. I, I was going to say a gaunt droid, because they don't have a lot mm-hmm. going on, but they are friend-shaped. I mean, another good option would be for Droidica just roll around and be a big ball. And that's also true. But anyway, yeah, DC asks, what brings you hope? Uh, the revolution? Uh, friends, girlfriends, people yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. I'm actually doing pretty well in college, so that makes me hopeful for the future. That's good. Like, there are the occasional bits of news that make me hope hopeful for the wider future. But if I thought about the future of the country or the future of the world all the time, I would literally go insane with fear and anxiety. So uh, I prefer to think about my own personal future, which for once is actually looking kind of bright. Yay. Uh, the knowledge that all of the family members that I actively dislike are older than me and therefore will most likely die first. Um, for me, right. the, I'll say the two things that give me hope for the generic future of the world is that one, EFTs are losing all value. Yeah, like yeah it finally crashed. And also AI is eating itself. 
Slowly but surely. Hell yeah, I love peak AI. When we get to peak AI, it's going to be so fun. Mm-hmm. Like I, I am, I am to some extent a to some extent a fan of uh, recurrent neural networks, mm-hmm. generative recurrent networks, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I still don't know what GPT actually stands for. I I super don't know. Uh, my my profile picture was generated by an AI. Oh. I fucked around with sliders and art breeder until I got something that looked good. But like, I think the corporatization of AI is going to be, is going to suck in the same way that the corporatization of everything always sucks. And AI is going to become a tool for capital to use to grow itself, uh, which is why I'm super glad that there is a self, that there is a uh, destruction point built into AI already, which is peak AI. Uh, analogous to peak oil, it's the point where uh, the the total stratum of the internet, all of the data is available, is filled with enough AI-generated content that it begins to generatively copying itself, because as it turns out, uh, when AI has only itself to go on, it starts getting worse and worse and worse and does not get better. Mm-hmm. Oh, for a funny example of this, there is a uh, there is a, sh- a a stream vod from YouTuber Douglas Reedon. You might know his brother as the Stanley Parable guy. He Doug Doug uh, of him uh, using ChatGPT to play an adventure, a old school adventure game, uh, Pajama oh. Sam, and he has to keep rebooting it and completely wiping its memory, except for the prompts. Uh, because it keeps uh, listening to what it said, and that drives it to say even more and more and more completely batshit insane things and ignore the quote-unquote real world of the adventure game that it is supposed to be playing. Oh, okay, that is good. That is That sounds mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, it's a good video, and it also very aptly demonstrates what peak AI is. It's when... a AI's data set is poisoned by itself, and it gradually becomes more and more incoherent and out of touch with reality. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just be itself. Anyway, next question. If you had a Death Star, what would you use it for? Deterrence. That's from, that's from Cat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Deterrence. Yeah, exactly. So, I would park it right in the Earth's atmosphere and just be like, hey, Hey. Stop making some political changes that I like. Otherwise, I'm just going <laughs> to blow everything up. Yeah, deterrence. Yeah. Yeah. I will be a merciful dictator. <laughs> I will be I... a merciful god. Mm-hmm. But if you mm-hmm. displease me, well... Boom. I don't yeah. know how effectively you could redistribute the wealth using only a Death Star... Uh, I haven't read that much theory. I'd have to ask some of my friends who have read more theory than me. If you blow the wealth up into small enough pieces, it can be distributed everywhere. That's yeah, got to be I mean, I'm sure you could t- dial, like, dial the beam power down enough to just hit certain spots. Instead I mean, of if we're getting to the level of... Uh, certain people, I'm pretty sure I can't say who they would be because the FBI mm-hmm. would come to my door and have an interesting conversation with me. So, but yeah. I think there is 
some number of individual people who it would be cool to blow up with a Death Star, but you mm-hmm. can't fix all of the problems by blowing up individual people because these these problems are patterns of thought and behavior that have come to exist over a very long time. And yeah. you have to actually like do it properly if you want to deal with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fortunately, if you just blew up the, the specific people, they would just shift over to new specific people. Who can themselves then be blown up, but, you know. Unless you say, hey, if you keep being like this, you're going to turn out like this. Boom. See that guy? I don't don't think that would work very well. I know. (laughs) They already don't understand consequences very well. Yeah, I know. Accurate. Anyway, next question. (laughs) C-3PO and R2-D2 lovers know they're both gay, but in different directions. Hmm. And this is from, he did what in this cup? R2-D2 yeah. is a girl. It's just that, like... Does anyone call R2-D2 he at any point? I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay, different tactic. Know. R2-D2 is a he-him lesbian. Okay, uh, that works. Yeah. I can work. I can see that. Yeah. I was gonna say that we are all aware of the... We're all familiar with the famous enemies to lovers trope. They're the opposite. <laughs> lovers to enemies? <laughs> C-3PO yeah. definitely is gay, though. He, like, yeah. w- was he designed like that on purpose? I think uh, so. Either character design or, like, in-universe? In-universe, I, think- I don't think he was designed like that on purpose. But, like, character design-wise, I think he was. Yeah. I think he was, I think, I guess, spoilers for episode one. Um, so C-3PO is made by Anakin. Yeah, out of, like, and, scratch. Uh, I think he was making... Yeah, in a cave with a box of scraps. Yeah, I think he was making C-3PO as a babysitter so his mom wouldn't have to do all the babysitting. That makes sense. What if C-3PO was gay so he wouldn't hit on on Anakin's mom? (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere along the way, Anakin was like, I don't think I want this robot to fuck my mom, so I'm just going to make him gay. (laughs) All right. Uh... (laughs) Uh, what kind of games do you think R2 would be able to emulate? Like, I think he could competently run PS2-era games. I want to say basically any side-scroller should be fine in his little projector. I, oh, in the, uh, I'm, I think in terms of processing power, he's very smart, but he was also built in, like, the 80s. Yeah. Um, I think he could run Doom. Ooh, hell I mean, yeah. Anything can, play, anything can run Doom. Everything can run Doom. Everything can play Bad Apple. Mm-hmm. Bad Apple? Yeah, Bad Apple. The Toho <laughs> music video. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Yeah. It's used as both a sound test and as a visual test because it's very simple. And I, in my personal opinion, I think R2-D2 could probably run, like, PlayStation 3-era games. He might get a bit toasty, but I think he could do it. <laughs> I want to I play Breakout on... Uh, I want to play Breakout on R2-D2. Uh, I, I've, I've played some original Atari games on the original hardware. Uh, my dad bought a working Atari 2600 at a, at a convention that Ooh, my older brother went to. Uh, but the paddle controller was broken, and I, I never ended up being able to actually play Breakout, which uses the paddle controller. So I want to play Breakout on original hardware someday. 
or on RG3, that works. Do you think RGD2 plays Saints Row? And if he does, <laughs> did he choose to cure cancer or stop world hunger? Stop world hunger because he doesn't because cancer doesn't exist, actually. Checkmate. Liberals. <laughs> <laughs> if there's no crab constellation, how can there be cancer? <laughs> uh, anyway, Aurora says. Uh, make up a fake conspiracy in the Star World. I have already thought of this Death Star trutherism. Yeah, for which real, is either though. the Death Star was an intrad job, or the Death Star that got blown up was actually a fake decoy, and the real Death Star was off somewhere else. Uh, this theory mm. was briefly buoyed up by the discovery of the second Death Star, and then immediately crushed when the second Death Star was also completely destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> also. I'm- Fun. For anyone, the Clone Wars got to be some conspiracies about the stormtroopers being clones. Mm-hmm. I think um, there's out there who actually realizes that who somehow has figured out that that one fucking Senator Palpatine from Naboo is running things. Uh, no one believes them. Sith uh, Jar Jar conspiracy theory. Yeah, may or may not actually be true, but does exist in the world. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think my theory would be that there are people who's like understand that Jedi are space wizards, but does not know that they work for the Republic and think it's the other way around. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Dang it! Um, uh, yeah. Next question. Also, how do you feel about the name of the genre the Cantina Band song plays being Red Cantina no Longer Beaches? Uh, I have I the know. obvious answer, which is they should have renamed it to a different uh, euphemism for something sexual. They should have just called it cum already. Mm-hmm. Uh, eh, I think <laughs> I think that I, I think that jizz was a good name for it in the first place because it's like jazz, mm-hmm. which was also yeah. a euphemism for cum. Uh, to make for saying this is a raid, you've referenced well, Lord Minion 777 reference, but um, coming, coming, goey, goey. Jats is the name of a sort of cracker in Australia. I don't no, know but, if they knew that the name was already taken. I doubt it. Mm-hmm. I, I strongly doubt that they asked anyone. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. What if they named in? Renamed Jizz as What fuck. if they renamed it to Ritz? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if they just gave up and called it after a a real genre of music that it does not in any way rep- uh, resemble? Like, yes, this is the Cantina theme. Its type of music is called hyperpop. God. Mm. Now I want to hear an actual hyperpop uh, Cantina theme. I'm sure you can find that. Well, they named it into Mickey. But not right as in Mickey Mouse, but Mickey as in the same term for dick. I have already found a Nightcore version. It just sounds more like circus music. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just faster and slightly higher pitched. <laughs> anyway, Actually, moving this, on. Sounds, this sounds kind of like big band music. It's pretty good. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, next question. What obnoxious CGI would you shove into a pre-existing 70s film? 
Okay. Uh, a I big CGI dragon. It doesn't matter what film. It doesn't matter what genre. Just make a, <laughs> make a dragon be there. <laughs> Honestly, uh, yeah, you can do any film. Um, I know it's not 70s. Uh, it came out in the 80s, but I do feel like an obvious answer is to just shove extra ghosts floating around in Ghostbusters. Oh, hell yeah. Ghostbuster. I'm going to go for... IMDb, the 100 best films out. of the 1970s. I don't know if this film came out in the 70s or the 60s or 80s, but I'm going to choose Barbarella, and I'm just going to add in CGI booze and dicks, all uh, just CGI, floating around. Uh, CGI horse head in The Godfather. Yeah. CGI whatever in The Godfather, actually. Oh my god, Halloween came out in... Or the first Michael Myers movie came out in 1978. Just add a ton of extra blood all over the place for no reason. CGI no, shark and Jaws. I, Jaws 1975. CGI shark. Yeah! No, for Halloween, make Michael Myers just CGI. No, CGI Sharknado in Jaws. <laughs> but it doesn't do anything. It's just in the background. Yeah, it's just, it's just chilling. Chilling <laughs> like a villain. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Exorcist could have some really awful CGI. Oh my god, Monty Python oh. and the Holy Grail came out in 75. CGI yeah. horse. Okay, no, they would make the CGI be terrible as a joke. Yeah, yeah they would. That one doesn't count. They would, and it would be funny. <laughs> I would say the wow, add, came out in add a CGI dragon, add a CGI Sharknado, and add CGI dicks and boobs just in all movies. CGI CIA in Three Days of the Condor? Mm-hmm. Just a bunch of computer-generated spooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh shit, Black Sunday! Y'all ever heard of Black Sunday? That name does sound familiar, actually. Uh, Black Sunday was a nineteen ninety uh, was a nineteen ninety seven uh, thriller film about a terrorist group attempting to blow up a Goodyear vent hovering over the Super Bowl stadium with eight thousand eighty thousand people and the president of the United States in attendance. Also, this basically really happened. Mm-hmm. There's an incredible uh, YouTube video about it called Section One, a short film from Dorktown uh, by John Boyce. It is it is really, really good. Okay, here we go. Moonraker came out in 1979. Just add a bunch of... I don't know what. Add a, <laughs> add a bunch of... Hidden- yeah, in 1976, during a playoff game between the... Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Colts, a plane crashed into the stand shortly after the uh, end of the game. Uh, the only per- the only person seriously injured was the, was the pilot, a 40-year-old Donald Croner. Uh, the main reason that nobody was badly injured is because the home team was beat, was, got destroyed worse than any other home team had in a playoff game of this caliber ever before. Incredible. 40 to 14. Ooh. Absolute cod walloping of the home team, too. Wait, okay, I have a good one. Noticing Moonraker made me want to check out what uh, which Bond movies came out in the 70s. We had, like, five of them. Oh. Just replace Bond with a different Bond in every scene. using oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh no! <laughs> uh, for the Godfather, the, oh no! The place, he's the Godfather, and he finds the horse head in his bed with the PlayStation Two CGI cutscene <laughs> of him. Yeah, but just his like put it over him. 
Nothing else. He's the only thing that's CGI in that scene. Oh, wait, didn't they have, yeah, that Godfather game where, like, you're playing a guy who just acted in the background to set up all the stuff for the movie? Just List add of that James Bond game. films. Uh, there are five of the... Oh, Moonraker was 1979, yeah. You could put you could put terrible CGI in Moonraker. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, hell yeah, you could. Uh, terrible CGI in the Man with the Golden Gun. <laughs> make the gun even more gold. Okay. The gun terrible CGI to make Sean Connery look younger in Diamonds Are Forever. Blech. Use CGI to give him an after image as he moves around. Hold on, how old was he when this movie? Uh, oh, he was only forty-one. That's not that old. Okay. He kept acting. He kept acting well into his life. Um, was Greedo present at the Grassy Knoll? I'm just yeah. asking questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Actually, mm-hmm. the Death Star killed JFK. There we go. That's why. <laughs> that's why the magic bullet worked. It was a laser. Yeah, one of those magic sci-fi lasers that can turn. We never <laughs> see where that bullet. Well, that. Shot goes through the wall, so maybe it just went into space, traveled mm. through space. It was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, so theoretically, something mm. moving at light speed uh, might have been able to reach Earth during the 20th or 21st century. Mm-hmm. I would love that if in a Star Wars movie, like some laser got shot off, just accidentally didn't hit anything, and <clears throat> instead of the rest of the movie, we had a cutaway following that laser all the way to Astronomically Earth. Astronomically unlikely, but extremely funny. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So what I'm saying is that uh, Greedo killed JFK. Yeah. JFK shot first, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, JFK shot first. <laughs> uh, uh, Deep Sea says, is the Force slash Destiny scary? Destiny is fake. Predestination is real, though. Ha! <laughs> That is that yeah. is the stance I'm taking here. Yeah, the force and destiny are two very different things. They like they try when they explain the force, it can sound like it's destiny, but again, even in in a New Hope, it is said that yes, the force affects you, but you can also affect the force. Nothing is set in stone. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Besides predestination bullshit, yeah. As we will, as we will engage with later in stuck stuck, predestination bull- bullshit always gets incredibly convoluted incredibly quickly. People have had to invite in- invent uh, whole new kinds of vocabulary in order to deal with predestination bullshit. But unfortunately, none of neither of you have read any of it. So if I said you were predestined to do something, you wouldn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand that. <laughs> nope. Uh, that, uh, that's when it's something that your alternate universe self who you switched places with was supposed to have done, but you, but can't because you're a no now. Neat. Oh. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, Aurora just posted about a tweet uh, of the, the Jizz retcon. Yeah. Uh, is it Aurora says, is it just me or is like the overused CinemaSins type shit people use from Star Wars movie like 10 times more annoying than any other media franchise? You mean pointless yeah. nitpicks, half of which are just completely wrong, dressed up as bad satire? Yeah. 
I don't know if it's any if it's any more annoying for Star Wars than it is for everything else. To be perfectly honest, I mean, I think like, maybe I think the like, one thing is that George Lucas rolls with absolutely everything. Yeah, actually, you know what? That's true. The only thing that I can think of besides that's like somewhat still maybe not as annoying as Star Wars nitpicks is the whole Beauty and Beast shock concealed there syndrome yeah. idea. Because like no, I mean yeah. people have had people have had terrible opinions about movies since movies became a thing. That is also true. Mm-hmm. I would I would argue whatever it was the first opinion about any movie was probably a terrible one. I don't know. There was probably some guy who was like, ah, I was scared when the train came towards me. That was really realistic. Good job. <laughs> okay, fair. Mm-hmm. That was like, where did I put my phone? There it is. Already. Wasn't okay. that actually a thing? Like, doing the first movie showing that... That was the entire first movie. It was a train... Like, the standout bit of the first ever movie was a train coming towards the camera. Mm-hmm. I always forget if that was real or if that's just a thing people made up. But that if it was real, that is really funny. Yeah. Anyway, uh... Um... Uh, let's see. Fave Star Wars... Well, from DC. Fave Star Wars film book show. Um, personal favorite movie. Um, I have two just because one is nostalgia based and the other is my own personal enjoyment as an adult. Um, nostalgia episode six because baby beer basically went like, it was looking at Luke and it's like, he's wearing all black and he has a green right saver. (laughs) Damn. Damn. I mean, but, green is evil sometimes. But uh, it's great. Um, as an adult, I think I think I get more enjoyment out of episode five. Oh, we're doing the fave Star Wars film slash book slash show now? I thought we were still on CinemaSins. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Anyway, yeah, Deep Sea asks favorite Star Wars film or book or show. I'm going to cheat again and say Backstroke of the West. <laughs> Fair. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing, I think, is that, like, pile, that sensory overload pile that I told y'all about in the actual episode. Uh, but, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I guess to move on to the book part, um, Star Wars Ronin is a completely standalone book that is not in the canon of the main Star Wars is canon. These aren't like main Star Wars things, but for what it's worth, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. all of the uh, Star Wars are the official Star Wars RPG source books are or at least were canon. Mm-hmm. And I like those a whole lot. I once yeah. saw a Darth Vader panel from a Darth Vader comic that basically just he went he's sleeping one night and has a dream of what his life could have been if he hadn't become Darth Vader. And then he wakes up and he's like, Oh wait, I am Darth Vader. And it's really sad and Damn. kind of poignant. Yeah. Com- comics are good, actually. Uh, for movies, oh. I will say I do have a nostalgia and a more recent, but I also haven't watched the nostalgia one in a while, so I don't actually know. Anyway, uh, episode five was my favorite as a kid, and then eight, I think, is my favorite now, but I haven't watched five in a while, so I don't know if it actually does beat out eight or not. Oh. Yeah, fair enough. If uh, anyway. the pitch a little bit more for Souls Ronin, basically the book is, hey, what if the Sith was a good guy? Ooh. All right. Yeah, fair enough. I get that. I've mm-hmm. heard of that before. Also, the audiobook 
when one of the major characters who's a Jedi comes up, they have the Imperial theme in play mm-hmm. in the background, and that to me just really cool. Themes. It sounds like themes. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, anyway. show, for the show, I'll say um, the the Screech's Reach from yeah. season two of Star Wars Visions. That because, was super because Irish ghost story, but in Star Wars, it's just a really good idea. Oh, yeah. hell yeah, Banshees? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, Screech's Reach was really fucking good. I know Deep Sea didn't ask for games, but I guess for games, I would say... Oh, for games, yeah, Star Wars uh, RPG all the way. That's a game. Yeah. I would say Knights of the Old Republic 2 or Jedi Knights Jedi Academy. I really enjoyed Force Unleashed and Force Unleashed 2. They were both really good. Yeah, those were good, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always good to have someone who's like a dark side user, but working for good. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Yeah. It solves the question of why don't Jedi use Force Lightning? Okay, well, this guy did, and he was cool. Uh, next question. Have you seen the hit film Solo starring Han Solo performing the aforementioned Castle Runs to the Planet Castle where robots were are enslaved like what 3PO and R2 were worried about? No, next question. Yeah, also I haven't seen that. From Aurora. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Aurora. I have, none not... of us have seen it, I think. Um, Here, have you? I have seen this. Oh. I've seen it. <laughs> Is it good? Is it any good? I mean, it's not bad, but it's not the best. Okay, it's mid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, the official position of the Discord of the Disney Minus podcasts is that Solo is mid. Like that upper sounds- mid. Okay, it's upper. It's upper mid, but it's still mid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I need you to pick a random lore line and spin it off into its own movie. To, by the by, the way, this is by Aurora to be directed by one guy and then changed to a different director midway through. I feel like the uh, line... I want a biopic about the Cantina Jazz music- Musicians. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah. Ironically, like, something in the style of one of those, like, biopics that, um, like, follows... I have immediately forgotten every musician I ever knew. Holy shit. No, so, like, didn't Freddie like, Mercury have a biopic recently? <laughs> who? Rami Malek? Um, Maybe? Weird Al had one. a few years old, but, yeah, I think there's a, there's a Freddie Mercury biopic... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it Freddie called Mer- Don't Stop Me Now? I don't um, remember. I only knew it as that Freddie Mercury. bad or just called Freddie Mercury. But I think my pick for this is... So in Knights of the Old Republic, the first game, you come across a Sith who you can get in a philosophical debate with, and Ooh. they will explain, like, like, basically all the pros of how the Sith philosophy is actually good. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I'm trying yeah, to think, think if there's another good random lore line. I feel like there's something that you can do with the the line there are always two talking about the Sith. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. an apprentice. Isn't that what they did with the like the first the original trilogy? Wasn't that one of the whole deals there? Um no. so luckily this is one of the things that hasn't really changed in switching over to the Disney lore, but basically the once upon a time, there's like just hundreds of Siths, but then they killed each other. Well, a Sith master called Darth Bane he rose to power and told that just solve the Sith as just backstabbing corruption, 
So he killed that's... all of them and stated a rule of two that there can only be two Siths, a master and an apprentice. And then there, okay. there was just smaller, more individualized backstabbing. Like, I know yeah. we've all heard the, the fucking... Can it be a, li- a lore line from a different movie? I mean, not really a single line, but Dark Darth Plagueis, interesting mm-hmm. sounding guy. General, a movie yeah, about and, Darth Plagueis. And then his land killed him to let him go into bed, yeah. according to Backstroke of the West. <laughs> yeah, there's there's plenty of stuff to cover in Star Wars lore. Like, Honestly, that's, yeah, that's one of the things about Star Wars is that there's plenty of stories to tell in the setting. It's just that people just don't always so, go to them. It's got to be about the Skywalkers. And it's like, man, we've got a whole world here that we can deal okay. with. Okay, I know that this is the most tenuous possible connection, but I heard the hokey religion line from that one guy, and I do think we should get a movie all about the witches of Dathomir. Yes. Wait, I don't remember what that is. I'll have to look it up later. The Night Sisters? Remember- oh, yeah, the Night Sisters. Yeah, I only remember that they exist because in the Star Wars RPG game, one of the players played a Night Sister. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> yeah, they're basically just think of a rich, but they use the force like a stereotypical or like lives in a swamp, rich, but they Madam. live on a kind of like mountainous desert planet that's like sea trip oh. the dark side of the force. Okay, so like Luke from Part Eight, but evil. Okay, so they're like they're like step witches, huh? Mm-hmm. Neat. Damn. They're really cool. If you played um the Dark Souls like Souls Wars game, um Star Wars Survivor or whatever yeah, it's called. The one with the gingered head guy. Uh I don't know. Um, okay, so the Night Sisters did apparently live in the swamps. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. There it it's a planet with more than one biome. Okay, that's good. For the series. What bullshit? That doesn't exist. Damn. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, just for one, also, thing, like one of these movies to invent a biome that doesn't exist. Actually, I take that back. Naboo has like two biomes. I think that's fair. Above one of them is underwater. underwater. <laughs> yeah. Also, we're skipping over the chain. The second movie being directed by a different. Well, the trilogy being directed by a different director, Midrake Fury. Very, uh, very serious uh, Night Sisters uh, drama that turns into a vaguely schlocky horror movie halfway through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay with that. Um, I guess for the this movie trilogy about the Siths, this if Empire, and when it was like still arguably good, just halfway through all the Sith. The floors become just all Starscream. <laughs> I yeah, fair enough. Mm. It, they all become Starscream and or there's suddenly a love triangle. Or both. Yep. Both. Honestly, both. Honestly, yeah. I just... This is something that I've always keep on thinking would be a really cool idea for a Solar's trilogy to do that I was kind of hoping for the sequel trilogies to do would be like the rebuilding of the Jedi Order, or just the building of a Force-sensitive group. Yeah, I kind of thought we'd see something like that. In the, uh, because in the I thing. think that's like would be a very interesting thing to do, like plot line I mean, to follow. Yeah, part of the theme of uh, Episode Eight was just having to let go of the past. That I do think true. maybe that you know what'd be good at like a television series mm-hmm. about yeah. that sort of thing. It's set between six and seven. Well, similarly. 
Well, it could be cool is a mini series like following different Sith pairs, like from Bane, his apprentice, and the next one. Like basically just that whole history of like betrayal. Lineage of evil, <laughs> all of the Sith and their apprentices all the way down onto Palpatine. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and Darth Vader, who is his apprentice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who breaks the link by dying with no heir. Yeah, the, la- the last episode is just a summary of the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yes, a sir. story about Luke or Rey rebuilding a... Like, Luke rebuilding the Jedi Order or Rey starting up a new kind of Force user order. Yeah. And having to choose, like, hey, what teachings do I keep? Which do I bless a shot that get rid of because of if they seem outdated yeah. or like there's, there's a whole bunch of like magical holographic teachers just kind of mm-hmm. lying around but most of the surviving ones are super evil because they're all Sith yeah yeah you know and I guess midway through that trilogy it just becomes a slice of life comedy oh that'd be good though that would be good I would like honestly there are a lot of settings where it would be fun to just have a slice of life comedy right mm-hmm. Ruby Ruby realized this and then just made a sideshow that was entirely slice of life comedy. Mm-hmm. There we go. And it's for one Ruby thing that no one talks bad about. Yeah, it's the it's the one Ruby thing that the only bad thing that you could possibly say about it is they're doing it instead of the the actual show. Yeah. Anyway, uh, next question. Uh, Deep Sea asks, "What do you think the trash compactors monster religious beliefs are?" Salafi Muslim. Mm-hmm. This 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 man this man is a hardliner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he believes in the Cor- in the Quran as it was originally written. Oh God! I mm. was gonna say something uh, something about you know Zen because like you know, the, they're feeding off of the suffering of others to make new life or some shit. No, actually, fuck it. That is funnier. I oh. mean, I mean, if if we want to bring things more around to familiar territory for me, we can make him an Ashkenazi Jew. Yeah. Which is similar in some ways. Oh, um, sorry to backtrack to the movie question again. I just had a good fault. So, do Ooh. y'all know why the Sith Lords are called Sith Lords? Uh, no. So there was a pan- there used to be a planet with a species called the Sith, which the Sith, the Je- Dark Jedi that eventually became like okay, um, getting things back into order. Um, so, once upon a time, the Jedi Order had a civil war, and during that civil war, the, there's the Jedi, and there's the Dark Jedi. The Dark Jedi lost, and they kind of just get, like, moved to, to this one planet that had a species called the Sith. So, the Dark Jedi basically just took over this planet, and the Jedi just called, started calling them Sith Lords, because there's the Lords of the Sith. That's so actually my, my idea for a movie trilogy would be, hey, what what were the Sith like before the Sith Lords showed up? I bet they were chill. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like the first movie could be basically the Sith before the Sith Lords showed up. The second movie is basically them being conquered, and then the last movie is like what eventually became of the Sith once the Sith Lords took over. Ooh, yeah, that does sound good. Anyway, um, religious beliefs of a trash compacted monster. Um, you know what? I think he's a Scientologist. 
<laughs> oh God, don't get me started about Scientology. Anyway, it also give from... Southeast Pennsylvania a bad name. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, also from yeah. DC, who is your fave fave character in this film? Hmm. Um, I think I don't know. They're, they're pretty good, actually. I think. I mean, the easy answer is Han because he has like the most like the most notable character arc. I think Luke yeah. is pretty interesting. I yeah. like Luke him. has long been my favorite overall. Like. Luke, Han, and Leia are like the three easy answers because, like, they're the main three. Um, Jokin's the one old guy who's like defending the ship at the beginning. They you get a close up of his face. (laughs) I see. Whatever he was doing during this time period, I bet it was really chill. So there (laughs) is a possibility for Lando Calrissian, even though he wasn't on screen. You know who was on screen? Boba Fett. (laughs) <laughs> he was for like a second. for like half a second in the cantina because he was edited in. Well, he was in. He was with Jabba. Oh, he was. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he like right for like a second while Jabba's leaving, right for the screen cuts. Yeah, right. I wasn't like paying just, very much attention because I didn't like that scene. Yeah, that's fair. That's extremely He's only fair. On there long enough for you to see him turn around and start yeah. walking. So, like, if you know him from later on, you're like, oh, hey, it's that guy. Mm-hmm. And if you blink, you just miss him. Yup. Um, uh, also from Deep Sea. Oh, go ahead. You're fine. Uh, Deep Sea's next question. Thoughts on Mark Hamill? He's, Pretty good. He seems, yeah. I don't think he's transphobic, which is many points towards him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a low bar to clear to just not be an asshole. But you know what? As far as I know, he does clear it. Yeah. Okay. Um, good Joker. Yeah, really good Joker. Mm-hmm. Which I think he has... Oh, technically... According to Shinigami Eyes, he is actually cool about trans people, specifically. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's that's good. I like that. Yeah, we like to hear that. That's good. He was mm-hmm. married in uh, 1978 and never divorced. Mm-hmm. Hey. So that's generally a good sign. Yeah. He's worn the same sweater for like 30 years, which is fun. Gives him really good dad energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, no, that's like high school teacher energy. Uh, from what we know, at least, Mark Hamill, cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the official Disney minus stance is uh, that Mark Hamill is a cool guy, at least for now. I would hate to have to disavow him later, but for now, he is a cool guy. Yeah. No, this is, though, that would hurt. Mm-hmm. Anyway, DC also asks... Who would you send to blow up the Death Star in Luke's place from any other media or even historical figures? <laughs> I, I would send uh, the guy, the oh. Vin Diesel's character from Fast and the Furious. <laughs> May I add a suggestion to add on to this question? We name the full squad. Like, we replace oh. Luke, Biggs, and Reg. Luke, Biggs, okay. and the Fast and the Furious characters for all three of them. Yeah, okay. Um, the Powerpuff Girls. The Powerpuff Girls. So, I think Vin Diesel's character from Fast and the Furious goes into one. Um, Riddick from the Chronicles of Riddick goes. In, I think Fast and the Furious Vin Diesel goes in. Um, Regis. Yeah. As in Re- Chronicles of Riddick. Hmm. I'll say he. I'm just going to say this happens in Homestuck and offer no further elaboration. 
Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I'll say Chronicle of Riddick's Vin Diesel is Biggs, and um, what is another? No, the pa- Chronicle of Riddick's Biggs is Luke. Luke and the last Rich Hunter is the, oh. Biggs. All played by Vin Diesel. Just yeah. You know who I'm going to send? Gandalf the Grey and Gandalf the White and Monty Python and the Girl, Holy Grail's Black Knight and Benito Mussolini and the Blue Meanie and Captain Kurtz and John B. the Genie, Robocop the Terminator, Captain Kirk, Darth Vader, Lopan, Superman, every single Power Ranger, Bill S. Preston, Theodore Logan, Spock the Rock, Doc Ock, and Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I forgot that he voices Groot, and when I googled Vin Diesel movies, the first result is Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> he am Groot. Oh, we could also use this character Xander Cage from Triple X. Three different. Uh, hold on, no, three different professional wrestlers. The the uh, hold on. Drain Volk, Johnson, John Cena, and um, Roman Reigns. Yeah. But <laughs> Wait, okay. I think <laughs> The Rock has to be the leading man. Uh, Roman Reigns, I believe he of the three of them, he was he he was the heel for the longest. I don't know that much about wrestling. He might not have ever been a heel, but I feel like Roman Reigns was a heel at one point, and that's he why is. he has to be the guy who dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. He's, like, Speaking I, of professional wrestlers, Fezzik, Inigo, and uh, Vizini. Oh, of course, Vizini is the guy who dies. Inigo yeah. takes the shot, and Fezzik is there as moral support. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And as Vizzini dies, he just says, inconceivable, as he blows yes. up. He does. He does say <laughs> he does. inconceivable and then immediately explode. Yes, I love it. There are a lot of groups of three guys in popular media that you could send. Yeah. Fewer in it's actual a... history. Um, I don't know. I'll say George Washington. <laughs> um, let's see. Richard Lionheart. And Alexander the Great. Okay, but why? I those are the first three that popped up in my head. Anyway, Alexander the Great is the villain of Cassette Beasts, and no, I will not elaborate. <laughs> so I don't think he yeah. should get to be in the trench run. Historical figures that um, Brock Ash and Misty, who has to die. <laughs> you know what, Jesse James and Meow. Yeah, Meowth, Meowth is so dead. Yes. Meowth 100% is killed in action. Um, same thing I I'm said before to replace Alexander the Great with a tail of a hun. And we have George Washington be big, so he dies. And Rip and, Washington. Uh, I guess Richard the Lionheart could be Luke. If you want to... Ah, uh, fuck. I've just realized that the gang from Problem Sleuth. Problem Sleuth takes a shot. Ace Dick is there for more moral support, and I'm pretty sure that Pickle Inspector dies. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who all did they have in Bill and Ted? Hang on. Well, they Bill, had Bill, and, ben. and they had Ted. Okay, I meant the historical dudes. Oh, damn, I never saw Face the Music. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, actually, Bill, Ted, and Rufus, honestly. All right. I've never honestly, seen Bill I'll and Ted. Bill, Ted, and Death, just to have Death be Biggs. <laughs> In strange eons, even death may die. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but the funny uh, thing is that I death think, doesn't actually die. He's just he's just floating in space like he's sitting down. Yeah. Uh, next <laughs> question. Last question. What's the secret of the force? Is it is it the will of living things, 
Why does it need to be balanced? And the answer is whatever George Lucas thinks the answer should be at any given moment. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and they've always seen in the universe there's a second stage of a force called the current. Ooh, no. <laughs> Which, apparently, if you tap into the current, it has the side effects of making you age faster. <laughs> but the secret of uh, the secret of the force is that it's kilograms per meters. Mm-hmm. Kilograms by meter, kilogram meters per second squared. There we go. Yeah, that's the correct derivation. Ow. Is the Ow. is it for real of living things? I mean, it's made from our ore, so I, yeah. Actually, I did some I did some unit cancellation a couple of years ago, and I came up with an interesting little tidbit about you know some fundamental quantities. Do you want to hear? Sure. Sure. Power is the speed of force. Huh. Mm-hmm. It's true. You can check it. You can, all the unit cancellations check out. Power is the speed oh. of force. Makes sense. Uh, I believe uh, one joule. I, I believe one watt is actually equal to one newton meter per second. Although I could be wrong. I maybe. I don't remember. Hmm. Why does it need to be balanced? It's just a Jenga tower. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but yeah. I mean, th- this webcomic that I'm reading is making the argument that bringing balance to the force is bad, actually, because there's a lot of good right now. So being balanced to it would imply that they're adding more bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is. I feel like that feels like a Kingdom Hearts explanation because I think that's kind of what Xehanort's concern was supposed to be. Yeah, there is too much light and not enough dark. Yeah. You know what? There's probably something in there about Kingdom Hearts having parallels with Star Wars. Mm hmm. Yeah. Plus, they got a Star Trek actor for one game before he died. Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, two. They got two games out of him before he died. Oh, I see. For a second, I thought for- you were saying they had a second actor from Star Trek in Kingdom Hearts. Nah. Oh, shit, they also had Mark Hamill. Who, who Mark Hamill? Uh, Ericus. Oh, Ericus, of course. <laughs> Wait, hold on. So that whole deal is with Ericus and Xehanort is Mark Hamill <laughs> acting across from Leonard Nimoy? Yeah. That goes hard, actually. That really does, though, is the thing. And like, Leonard Nimoy also plays Xehanort in Dream Drop Distance. Yep. Kingdom Hearts so, 3D for the 3DS. Yeah, and then in Kingdom Hearts 3, he is voiced by, um, I want to say Christopher Lloyd. Mm-hmm. And, and also then, another, yeah. And then in Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind, he's voiced by like Rutger Hauer, I think? Maybe. He's had like three different voice actors, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Two of them in the same game. Yeah. Oh, damn. Anyway, I think that's all the questions. You want to segue into the wrap-up? Yar. Yar. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're Disney Minus. You can find us on all of the various podcasts. Uh, I guess I'll do my personal plugs first. Hi, I'm Awful World Kid. You can find me at Awful World Kid on all of the relevant social medias. Uh, I haven't set up my Blue Sky yet, but I have an invite code, so... If you really care about Blue Sky that much, DM me on co-host or Twitter or uh, Tumblr and tell me, hey, set up a Blue Sky already. (laughs) Um, In terms of things to recommend, I will continue to recommend the Infinite Loops Project. You can find them under the Infinite Loops Project, I believe is the article name on TV Tropes. Uh, the reading order that I will give to you, which is in, which is roughly in release order, even though the first, I, I, even though I believe the second actually predates the first, 
is uh, Legend of Zelda, My Little Pony, Ruby, Doki Doki Literature Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I uh, Mixed Feelings 2 is coming out soon. I believe I upped Mixed Feelings on a past uh, video, on past podcast, sorry. It's good. Mixed Feelings good. I, mm-hmm. I like the concept. I've seen parts of the demo, and it's really good. Uh, it turns out that My Little Pony isn't bad. Uh, read the writing on the wall on film fiction. Uh, Darths and Droids is a good webcomic that's Star Wars related and themed. Uh, listen to I Don't Know How But They Found Me. Uh, I think that might be it for recommendations. Um, I'm V, and you can find me on. Well, you can find all three of us on the. I guess you can say sister podcast, Resident Beats. You can find it and on Twitter and Blue Sky at Resi Beats Pod. Or just Resi Beats. I can't remember if the pod is at the end or not. Uh, I think so. Um, I'll go ahead and give Nero's his links. You can find Nero um, on Twitter at Dragon Smoochie, on co host at Dragon Snuggly, and on and Tumblr at Cyclonus, but with a five instead of an S at the end. Uh, you can find Aurora on, I believe, Twitter and Tumblr at Casey Cosmos. Um, and you can uh, find. Cat. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Cat's on Twitter at Z minus 87. Ow. Pop my wrist. And I think that's basically all she's got going on. Uh, aside from Facebook, don't suck her on Facebook. That's me. <laughs> I'm on Twitter. Well, first off, there is Z minus pod. I think it was already said for, for this. Uh, that underscore tastic still technically exists. Uh, Clop Wednesdays exists and has regular posts. Uh, I'm at Marshmallow. There is, we do have a blue sky set up. I have made exactly one post on it uh, for Disney Minus. I don't have even, I don't even have a blue sky for myself yet. I need to do that if I ever get another uh, another mm-hmm. invite link. You should it automatically get one. I think. Yeah, I, have, I don't know if it's because I haven't posted though. So no. Nah. I, mean, uh, I was looking at another Discord server, and I just realized another thing that I could plug. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twilight Sparkle's Secret Ship Fic folder is a board game. I don't know. It's that good. Is... You should check it out if you okay. like shipping, which, mm-hmm. which is everyone should, because shipping is fun. Oh, no. Yeah, packages uh, do need to get place to play. I guess to shout a podcast, um, if you want to hear Nero, you can go to their podcast, is Prime Cuts, which they cover the different seasons of Transformers, not in, but not in a chronological order. Yeah. Well, series, in, not in chronological, chronological order. And I've, they've just finished up Cyberverse, and the next season is going to be the Transformers animated season two, which they've already covered season one of, the, of it. No. So. Yeah. Radio Free Heidelin is, I believe, also the name of a podcast that yes. uh, this podcast not made in in partnership with the Moon Co- Moonshot Podcast Network. We we just think they're neat. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Nero is one of the co-hosts, so and Nero is a musketeer, a musketeer. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's it for all of us. Uh, one last bit of matter. Uh, next week will well. In two weeks' time, we will do another Disney movie. I'll let Steven reveal that in just a second. 
Next week uh, we are uh, we uh, next the week after you hear this we will be releasing uh, the next episode uh, the, the first real episode of I'm not stuck in here with you you're stuck in here with me covering Act One. Uh, since Homestuck is a juggernaut and a behemoth, I'd like to ask that if possible you send in questions ahead of time. Yay! Yee. Although considering our upload schedule, we will probably have to. Uh, announce that on the Discord when we're done recording, rather than when you hear this, because we'll have already recorded episode one, maybe even episode two by the time this comes out. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Stephen, what are we watching next? Oh, I don't know. Um, normally it would be Cat's pick. Cat did tell me what she was picking, but since Cat isn't going to be here yet, uh, she's going to be out of town for the next Disney movie. She and Veer swap. So Veer. What are we watching? So, so do y'all okay. know what next month is? Uh, Spooky? Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, a separate Halloween list. So, I was going to pick Halloween Town, but I think I'm going to save that for another time to Fair. go with a, a less, less talked about Disney Halloween movie, which is Don't Look Under the Bed. Hey! Never heard of it. Looking forward to it. Yeah. It might have been before it's probably before your time. <laughs> it was nineteen ninety-nine. I just don't think I've ever actually Yeah, I wasn't alive yet. Mm-hmm. So you haven't heard about it. <laughs> at everyone. Whoop. So like like always, fuck Disney. Yeah, fuck Disney, support the strike. Yeah. It's still going, huh? Yep, sure is. Because what what what? We just gonna pay people what they're worth and agree to not replace them with AI? Come on. Yeah. Uh, are we gonna do a proper sign off for once, or are we gonna do the mess we normally do? Uh, no, I was about. I I just posted, so I was about to go ahead and um, yeah. made the force be with you, support the strike, fuck Disney, fuck Disney. Uh, may the fives be with you. Oh yeah, may the fives be with you. I forgot about that. Fives was one of the clone troopers. Fun fact. This is not going to be a clean outro. This is going to be a complete mess. No, it is absolutely... Good night. Good night. (laughs) Bye, everybody.